This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Like that. All right. So this week is Pashas by Yera, one of my one of my favorite Pashas in the whole world. Um, there's a lot going on this week. We have the Malachim coming to Ramavino. We have um, we have the destruction of Sodom, and we have Akedas Yitzchak. So before I get to that. Two things that I want to, um, two things that I want to talk about. So, you all know that I wrote a book, I wrote together with Rosh Shimon Finkelman a book on Hakar Satov, which is, um, gratitude and focusing on the good even when things are dark, right? Cause, cause like I said, if, if it's, it's on? Okay. So that, you don't have a, a, okay. Um, so even when things are dark, right? But rain clouds are dark. Clouds are, clouds that give rain are very black. So sometimes, Darkness is good if you're a farmer and you don't have rain and you get a dark cloud, you're like, wow, I love dark clouds. So Akar Satov is really recognizing the good even in the, even if what you perceive, you know, what, even if what you perceive is the bad. So I was in, I was in Lakewood today. Thank you very much. Oh, it's wrong. Okay. No, I don't drink. No, no, no. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So, um, so, if you want to take care of my camels, that's next week's sponsor. Okay, forget about it. Um, So, why sorry? Why are you sorry? Let me sorry We're good. You're not interrupting me. So, um, I heard a fantastic story on Hakar Satov today from a principal in Lakewood. I was in Lakewood today going to all the girls' schools and speaking to the principals about um, getting into the curriculum of the children, elementary and high school, uh, getting into the curriculum Hakar Satov because if you don't have appreciation, you can't have a healthy relationship with your teacher, your parents, your husband, or anybody else in life. So um, the principal, Mrs. Epstein, who is the principal of of um, the biggest girls elementary school in Lakewood, they have Kenainahara, Kenyerbo, two thousand girls, nine parallel classes. Can you imagine that? It would be like my favorite school if I was in school. I get lost. Nobody would know I'm there, right? They have two two thousand. They don't have two thousand. Yeah, they do. Or Borough Park. That's two thousand. Okay, but in Lakewood, that's the, that's the biggest school, and, and um, she's she's an unbelievable woman. And she, you know, we were talking about Akar Satov. So she said, "Ray Wallstein, I have to tell you, um, I have to tell you a story about Akar Satov." I said, "Okay." She said, "There was a story where there was this guy who was a Ghanaf, whatever he was." And he, they caught him and they put him into jail. And um, so he's in jail. And sort of like Havdal, Yosef HaTzadik, he told the jailkeeper that I am a very, very, very smart person. And I could figure out anything except how not to get caught when you're stealing. And um, you should just know that I, this is what I do. I, I'm a big thinker. And if anyone has any problems in jail, anyone needs any help, whatever it is, I can figure it out for them. Okay. One day, the king, his mom is like, sounds like the story of Paro and Yosef. So one day the king, um, he was making this beautiful crown, and he needed a main stone, a main diamond in, um, in his crown. So a lot of different people came to him and said, you know, try to sell him big diamonds, big diamonds. Then there was this one guy who came with this enormous thing. They never saw such a diamond. And it was absolutely flawless. It was absolutely gorgeous. And... He wanted a lot of money for it. And the king wasn't sure if it was real or not. Right? He didn't know. 
so he started asking people to check to see if it's real. Every, everyone said, it's just too big. You can't, you can't use a, you know, a, a little thing that you use in your eye over there. You can't use that to see. We don't know. We just don't know. We don't know. And the, the guy who ran the jail happened to have been there and he said, you know, there's a guy in jail. He's really brilliant. He could probably figure out if it's real or not. So the king said, okay. So call him in. So he comes to the king and he's got this big diamond that he wants to put on his, in his crown. And he says to this guy, he says, can you figure out this diamond is real. He says, oh, sure. What you need to do is you need to drop the diamond on the floor, but you need to drop it on its on its head, on, on that, that sharp point that it comes to. And if this diamond isn't real, it will crack. If it doesn't crack, it's real. Okay? So they took the thing, and they dropped it, and it shattered. So he saved the king. The king was going to pay millions of dollars for this diamond. It wasn't a real diamond. So he saved it. So the king was like, you know what? Thank you very much. And I appreciate it. And he gave him a gold, a gold dinner, uh, a, a gold dollar. Thank you very much. They take him back to jail. The guy comes into jail and he's like, I don't understand. I just saved the man. I stole like, I stole a little bit of money. They caught me to put me in jail. I just saved the king millions and millions of dollars. He, he's not letting me out of jail. He's giving me a coin. What am I going to do with a coin in jail? You can't buy anything. What am I going to do with it? So I don't understand. Okay. A year later, the king wants to buy a horse. And he's looking for like the best horse, a hunting horse, you know, a very, very special horse. And everyone's bringing him horses. Finally, this one guy brings in this huge horse. He never saw such a beautiful Arabian stallion. So he said, the guy asked for a lot of money. He said, I don't know. It, it, it looks good, but I don't know if it's a good hunting horse. Go ask this guy. They bring him out of jail. And... The king says, you know anything about horses? You know, I know everything about everything. This is what I do. I figure out, this is what I do. This is what I figure. He says, the king says, it's supposed to be the best hunting horse that ever existed in the world. He looks at it. He says, I'll tell you what. There's one way to find out. You take the horse into the field. Get a wild animal to charge at the horse, right? If it's an Arabian steed that's used to, hu- to hunting, it won't bother it. If it's not, it will throw its rider. It will jump up and will throw its rider. So... The king takes one of the jailbirds, puts him on the horse, and leads it out. They take a snake, and they let the snake out in front of the horse. The horse jumps, throws the guy, breaks his neck, whatever it is. And the, and the king's like, oh, oh, my gosh, I would have been on this horse, right, and hunting, and a snake would have come along. I would have gotten killed. He says to the guy, wow, you just saved my life. Here's a gold coin, right? He goes back to jail. He's like, what is wrong with this guy, with this king? I, just, I saved his life. I saved him millions of dollars. Now I have two gold coins, and I'm in jail. I can't. I have nothing that I can buy. Okay. A year later, I, I, I haven't have heard the story before she told it to me, but I, it was a long, long time ago. When I, maybe when I was a kid, I heard the story. Could be to Dugma Hamagid. I'm not sure. Anyway, like a year later, the king's mother is dying, and she calls him into the room, and she says, "Listen, I have to tell you something." The Movari Kingdom, that's was Movari Kingdom, you know, that's, that's which, so honestly, I have to tell you that really, um, your father, who was the king, was not your, was not the father of you. I did something I wasn't supposed to, and I committed adultery behind his back, and I got pregnant, and really you need to know that you're not really blue blood, you don't really come from the Movari Kingdom, but I didn't tell anybody, and therefore, 
I just I had this 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 lie, this this thing in my heart all my life. Now that I'm dying, I have to tell you the truth. You don't have to tell anybody, but you are not who you think you are, because the king was not your father. So he's like, and she dies, and he's like going crazy. Did she make it up? Was she nuts? Was she in a cult? What was she cracked up? What was going on? Who does he call? He calls this guy. And he calls this guy and he says, listen, I just had the shock of my life. My mother's dying. She tells me I'm not really the son of the king, that I came, you know, from someone else, and I'm not really blue blood. And I know that you're brilliant, but is there any way, they didn't have DNA in those days, is there any way that you could figure out if I am really from my, the king or I'm not from the king? He says, sure. You're not from the king. He says, excuse me? He says, no, the king was not your father. Your mother committed adultery. He said, how could you say that? How do you know that? Godless. So he said, I'll tell you how I know that. He said, kings, the one thing that kings have in their blood is gratitude. When someone does something for them, they show, they show appreciation. There's no way that if you were the child of the king, that you could have put me back in jail after I saved you all that money and I saved your life. You're for sure not the son of the king. And I believe it's the Dugma Magid that brings down, I'm not sure who brings down the story. And he says that a Jew that does not have gratitude, does not have appreciation, is not the son of the king. Something happened. Because the son of the king, the child that comes from Hashem or from actually from Abraham Avinu, if they don't have gratitude, then something happens. And as we know, it says that a person who has no chesed should check into his lineage. Something in his lineage is no good because if you come from Abraham Avinu, you have to be a balas chesed. Where does that come from? That comes from this week's Pasha, from Pasha's Vayera. So naturally, if you're a princess, right, you're told all your life that you're a princess, naturally, you should have, you should have Akara Satov. Amazing. And then one of the other teachers told me a crazy story about this man who gave away a kidney. There was a, another family in his town. This just happened. Another family in his town where this man had no kidneys. And, um, he had no kidneys, so he's on dialysis. And you never, when you don't have kidneys, you can't go, to, you don't go to the bathroom. Because your kidney, there's nowhere to go to the bathroom. So they do dialysis instead of going to the bathroom. And this never, this poor man, both his kidneys stopped, and he, and he needed a kidney. And this guy, all of a sudden, this guy came in, and he gave, he gave a kidney. I think I remember, I mean, Miller spoke about it. I'm not, I'm not sure where this, and, and he gave a kidney. And they asked him, you, he only had two children, and he was very, very young, and he already gave away a kidney. And they asked him, why are you giving away this kidney? And he said, that I was always into Akar Satov. He said, and I, when I heard about, you know, they have organizations that do, famous organizations that do these kidney uh, transplants, he said, I decided that I'm going to study what the kidney does. Before I, before, he said, and I studied what the kidney d- did, and he, for three months, he wrote in a book every time he went to the bathroom. And I don't remember the number they told me today. 727 times in three months he went to the bathroom. And he said, I had such a karsatov 
for Hashem that I was able to go to the bathroom and I knew that this man could not go to the bathroom, he said, I gave my kidney for Hakaros Atov, not to this person, but Hakaros Atov to Hakaros Baruch Hu. Because the greatest thing a person can give is a part of them. So he said, I wanted to give back to Hashem something of me. He said, I have another kidney. So I'm going to go to the bathroom like I used to. I want him to be able to, you know, to be, to, to be healthy. This, this other person had many kids, whatever it was. It came from a place of a curse. That's 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 Klaishma. That's where we come from. And that, that's this week's parsha. It's full of a curse because there's a bnei yisachar that says that when Moshe Rabbeinu was in Shemayim, went to get the Torah for the forty days, the Malachim wanted to kill him, and because they didn't want they didn't want him to take the Torah. The Torah was by them. They didn't want him to take it down. So Hashem said, "Hold on to my kisei kavon and answer them." So there were many things he said. One, he said, you don't have mitzvahs. You don't have, you don't have a father. You don't have jealousy. You don't have mitzvahs. So what are you going to do with the Torah? So they said, better not to have mitzvahs, but, but not to disgrace it than give it to the human being and allow him to disgrace it. So the B'nai Yisachah says, that Avraham Avinu said, that you're malachim, you can't be kafri toiv. You can't be ungrateful. And Avraham Avinu, when the three angels came to him, he fed them. And he fed them the best food that he had. So therefore, if you kill me, then you're all kafri toiv. Because my, my, I come from Avraham Avinu. He gave you to eat. Now you're going to kill me? And they, and, and that's what let us get, that's what, that's what many says. That's how we got the Torah. They allow us to get the Torah because of the, of the, of the, of the toiv that Avraham Avinu did for, for the three angels. And then it says, in this week's parasha, that we know that Avraham Avinu saved, the, the Malachim saved Lot. And they asked, why did they save Lot? Lot was a Russia like everybody in Sedaim. Why did they save Lot? What was his, why did he deserve to be saved? And who came from Lot? Dabramelech. Right? So, so why did he deserve this? Why did he deserve this? And the Teretz is, because when Avram went down to, to Mitzrayim, and the guards were at the gate of Mitzrayim, and Avram said to them that Sarah was his sister. Why did he say that? Because if he would have said it's my wife, they would have killed him and taken her. Lot was there. This was Lot's chance to get all the money and everything that Avram had. All Lot needed to say is, it's not his sister, it's his wife. And it says that Lot did not say one word. He kept that secret. Because he kept that secret, Akash Baruch who said, Mida connected Mida, you kept the secret. That, that's why his life was saved. His life was saved as a Kor that, that he that he did not talk. He did not tell the Mitzrayim who Avram, and relation between Avram and Sarah. On the other side, on the other side, we know that a person from Moab and a person from Ammon and Moab are not allowed to marry into the Jewish nation ever. A man, never. Why? Right? I mean, someone from, from Mitzrayim could marry into, into Klaistral. Even a person from Amalek could marry into Klaistral. But an Ammon and Moab cannot marry into Klaistral. Why? So it says that when the Jews went by, they didn't give them to eat. But Amalek didn't give them to eat. The Canaanim didn't give them to eat. The Chiti and the, and the, and all the seven nations in Eretz Yisrael didn't give them to eat. Why are you picking on Ammon and Moab? Nobody gave them to eat. So none of them should be able to marry the Jewish nation. And the answer is, it's from this week's parasha, because you're, they didn't give them to eat, fine, you're the enemy. But who saved, who, Lot was saved by who? Avram Avinu, last week's parasha actually, Avram Avinu went to war, right, with the kings to save Lot. So Hashem said, a nation, so if Lot would have been killed by the kings, 
then there'd be no Amon because that happened afterwards. That happened with Lot and his daughters. So there would have been no Amon So your whole nation of Amon is only here because of Ramavinu put his, lo- his life on the line to save you. And now you're not giving them to eat? So it's not that they didn't give them to eat, but it's because they were a Kafri type. And Shem said, that Mina of being unappreciative cannot be in Klai Yisrael. That cannot mix into Klai Yisrael. So there's a lot in this week's parasha. There's a lot of Hakarasatayv and Kaflitayv and Vayar and the second look that we spoke about many times that Abraham Avinu had to look twice and that's when he ran. There's a lot of goodies. But I want to learn something, but I've said that all before. I want to learn something that I've never said before. Two Medrash Tanchumas in this week's parasha. Before I get to that, I'll just tell you one more story. So, I'm trying to open this rehab, this school rehab, horses. Yesterday I was actually in, in uh, I went up to Massachusetts to look at a couple of, a couple of places. And the mice, we had this one place that was a dream in Hancock, New York. A dream. And they asked a certain price and we agreed. And this was 135 acres and buildings and, 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 and lakes. And it was, it was a dream. And somebody came, and even though we we agreed to the offer, they gave more. Then we went up, and then they went up, and, and I don't know how they got they they stole it from under us. We lost we lost the property. So and yesterday I went to see three properties. It's a four hour ride there and a four hour ride back. Old barn. It was much a waste of time, a waste of a trip, whatever it was. So interesting talking about across the top. On the way back, I had I had to go to the bathroom, so we went to this gas station, and I never in my life it's way up there in Mass. I never, I never walked into a bathroom in a gas station. It's a scary thing. Bathroom in a gas station is a scary thing. I never walked into a bathroom that was this clean. It was so clean with soaps. With it, it was like, like I was in a hotel. But, it, but it was a gas station. So when I came out of the bathroom, I went over. There's a Pakistani standing behind the counter, and I bought some potato chips and some soda. Listen, you have to, right? Tipsy doodles, whatever, and. I walked over to him and I said, I just want to tell you something. I'm like, I have never ever seen such a clean bathroom. And being, and being, what I told him, I said, and being that the bathroom is not for you, but it's for the people that come to the gas station, right? Because they have their own private bathroom. I said, so you're only keeping that bathroom clean for me. So I just want to thank you for caring. The guy thought I landed from Mars. <laughs> he looked at me like, now you're going to mug me? Like what? You're going to ask me for the money behind the cashier? I'm like, no, no. I said, I said, I just want to tell you that I really appreciate it. And he looks at me and he goes, nobody ever said that to me. For sure. <laughs> Why for sure? What? No, but everyone should. Every, every, everyone should. Because who's, who's cleaning the bathroom? It's like cleaning it for us. Right? So he was like, he was like, whoa. And I was like, it's not a wall, whatever it is, you know. Okay, you give me the coin chips for free? No, it wasn't. Anyway, so, so yeah, Akarsatov has to be, is very, very important. But anyway, I just want to, so, 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 you know, when you, when you, when you want to do the right thing and, and you, 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 it doesn't happen, it's not happening, we're trying to do this rehab already for a while, you, you begin to think like, 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 what do you, like, Hashem, why not? Like, don't you want it as much as I want it? Right? What? Everybody, all the Mukubam told me, Israel, I gotta, I gotta buy that place. And they all said, you're gonna get it. And they all said, even after the other guy stole it, that it's gonna fall through by the other guys and it's gonna come back to you. So far it didn't, but whatever, we'll see what happens. But I'm not gonna wait for that, I'm gonna keep going. So, after yesterday, driving four hours, 
and driving back four hours, and I have a car to tow publicly for a state trooper. I don't want to get him into trouble, but I was, it's this road for 90 miles, just straight with no other cars, and the speed limit's 55. And it's very hard to go 55 on a road where there's nobody, right? And the car that I'm driving, you don't feel you have fast you are. So anyway, he pulled, I got pulled over by a state trooper, and I was going, I'm not telling you what I was doing, but it wasn't 55. <laughs> and it wasn't 65. And it wasn't 75. It, was, it wasn't 95. No. You didn't, I didn't feel it. No, it wasn't even 85. It was around 80, whatever, which is not a good thing. And he pulls me over, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a mitzvah. No, not if you're a pshia. No, if you're going 55, you're going to do a mitzvah. But you can't do 80 going to do a mitzvah. Anyway, so he pulls me over. And I'm like, hi, officer. And he says, license and registration. And um, I have this badge, whatever, and rabbi. And I take out all my paraphernalia, which usually doesn't help. Right? I take out all my paraphernalia. And, and he says, where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going so fast? Like, where are you going? What's the rush? And I'm like, well, I'm this rabbi. And I'm, I got these kids that I take care of. And I'm like, I'm going to be honest. And I'm like, I'm actually going to find a rehab. And there's a bunch of properties. And I told them where. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help these girls. And he gets into a little discussion, what kind of girls, and I tell him what I'm doing, whatever it is. He says, okay. But he doesn't give me back my license and registration. <laughs> so usually when they look at that card, they give it back to me and say, okay, Rabbi, slow down. You know, just take it easy. Now, he goes into his car. I'm like, ah, I'm getting a ticket. Right? And I'm sitting there, and it's... So I'm thinking, okay, he just wants to make sure that I don't have speeding tickets. He's looking at my license. He's checking it out. Five minutes, ten minutes. I'm like... Oh my gosh, maybe they're calling other police, maybe there's something, I don't know. You start thinking, maybe you have a suspension, maybe, who knows what. He comes out of the car, and of course, I'm looking in my mirror, he's got this big, long paper. The tickets today print out, like a, a big, long paper, he's got a big, long paper. I'm like, I can't believe it, after I told him what I'm doing, we got this whole discussion, the guy's giving me a ticket. And he walks over to me, and he says, you got to slow down, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a good thing. He says... Here's a parking ticket. He gave me a parking ticket. He said, no points. Here's a parking ticket. But, but slow down. And I felt very, very much that I shouldn't have been going that fast. I didn't realize I was going that fast. I was driving along and listening to whatever I was listening to. And this car, you just, you don't, you know, you just don't feel it because it's not good to speed. It's for sure not good. I just felt that, you know, here, here's this guy who, how many, there's no, there's no Jews where I was up 90 miles towards Massachusetts and, you know and he stops this guy with a yarmulke and he's like where are you going and you know and, and we start talking about a rehab and this and that and Lamaisa it's not happening you know and finally I get there and it's like four barns I drove four hours to see four barns I wouldn't put my pet mosquito into that house I mean it was like <laughs> I don't have a pet mosquito but it, it, it's like like unbelievable I'm like Hashem what do you want from me a whole day four hours there four hours back right so, so today, I was talking to someone and I'm like, I, I don't understand. I don't know. Hashem doesn't want this. Like, these kids are like, really, you know. So this person says to me, no, listen to this. He says, no, Hashem wants it. You don't want it enough. Wow, I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> he says, you don't want it enough. Hashem is waiting till you really, really, like we talked about, want and need. So I'm like, how could you say that? He says, I want to tell you, I'm a storyteller. He says, so he's telling me a story. He says, I have to tell you, 
there's a video online, which I'm never going to see, right? He says, it's a true story. So there's a, there's some kind of guru in California that trains superstars, athletes, right? Michael Jordan, the most famous football players, the most famous soccer players, right? He's very known in California. You can't get to him. He charges like a hundred thousand dollars. Wow. To be, a, if you want, if you go to him, you're going to pay huge, and he's almost impossible to reach. He's the guru of the superstars. He's called the guru of the superstars. And there's this one football player. He's coming out of college, and he he says he says this on a video on YouTube, and and he said and he's coming out of college, and he he wants to be a superstar, and he hears about this guru. He wants to be like a Michael. He wants to be the best. So he's already drafted into the NFL, so he figures. Before he goes into the NFL, before he goes into the football league, he's going to meet this guru. So through his friends and, 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 and right, he finally he gets an appointment to meet him. So he flies to California. It's a true story. It's on YouTube. He flies to California and he meets the guru. And the guru sits there and he says, "How can I help you?" He says, "I want to be a superstar. I want to be a Michael Jordan. I want to be the best running back the NFL ever had." And I heard. You are the man. So the guru says, okay, it's one lesson, it's $100,000. I give you one lesson. One lesson? One lesson, it's $100,000. You're in, you're out, I don't have time for this. He goes, I'm in. I mean, your, 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 name, your name is your name and I want this, right? He says, okay, tomorrow morning. Lesson tomorrow morning. Meet me at after, right after sunrise at Malibu Beach. Okay? He says, what do I need to bring? He says, a bathing suit. So he's thinking, $100,000, this is the guru, this, right? Who knows? He does magic, maybe, I don't know, maybe plays with your head. You know, you think, you did. who knows what he does? Okay, he comes, he, he's talking about this on YouTube. So he comes after sunrise, he comes to Malibu Beach, and the guru's standing, he's waiting for him. And he says, Okay, what do you want me to do? He says, we walk into the ocean. Okay? They walk into the ocean. They go in deeper, 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 deeper. He's waiting for the magic, for the, right? For He's going to do some, some guru stuff. And they're finally in the, in the ocean, and the water's like up to his chest. And he says, okay. Lesson, only lesson I teach you is what I'm going to teach you now. He says, put your head under the water. Okay? So he's a big football player, right? He puts his head under the water. And, he's, and he tells him, until I tell you to come up, you don't come up. He go, puts his hand on the water, he takes his two hands, and he holds his head down underneath the water. And this guy is like, oh my God, this guy, a, he's a murderer, he's a killer. He's, <laughs> he's, he's thrashing, he's trying to get a breath, he's trying to get a breath, and the, he's just holding him down. And, and, and he knew how to hold him, maybe he was a karate expert, I don't know what he, how he did it, but under the water, this guy could not get out of his grip, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he's dying. He can't breathe. And he's turning purple and he's bubbling and, 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 he, and he's thrashing and thrashing like his mama's dying, right? And the last second, mama's before the guy blacks out, he lets go, the guru lets go, and the guy comes up, oh, oh, he's just, just, just grasping ear. He's like dizzy, he's like unbelievable. Guru says to him, the guy looks at him and says, you, you're a nut. <laughs> you crazy? That's what I paid you money for? He says, lesson over. He says, lesson over, that's all we're doing. He says, yeah, come to the beach. Comes to the beach. He says, I paid you $100,000 for that. He says, yeah. He says, remember this forever. As much 
as you needed and wanted to breathe that last second before you blacked out, that's how much you need and want to win. That's what makes superstars. When you want to win as much and succeed as much as you needed that breath, that will make you a superstar. So now you will remember what it felt like not to breathe and what it felt like to breathe. Lesson over. It's YouTube. That was it. That was it. That's why you make superstars. So this guy told this to me, and he said, Rabbi Wallerstein, you want to open a rehab, it's the right thing. And you really want, and you drove four hours, and you drove another four hours, and you, you, they asked for a certain amount of money, and you put a certain amount of money. He says, but you don't need a rehab as much as you need to breathe. When you need as much you need to breathe, that's when Hashem's going to make it happen. You don't want it enough. Now this guy's very close to me, because anyone else I would tell him, have a nice life, right? <laughs> you know, how, how much do you want it? He's right. He's right. He's 100% right. Hashem wants to see that you want enough. Now, I'm thinking to myself, this guy took $100,000. He's famous. He's on YouTube. Everyone, and everyone wants to get into him, right? And I'm like, hello, Nachshem That's the story. He jumped into the water. He couldn't breathe. And when he couldn't breathe, Hashem split the Amsuf. Why? For the same reason. For the same reason. You, you, you're underneath the water. You can't breathe. You need the water to split. Because otherwise you're going to die? Okay, now I'll split the water. You have to, you have to need it so much. He says, when you need it so much, you won't have to drive four hours. Hashem will bring it to your doorstep. For me, I, you know, I tell you what I go through. It's a very big Musar Haskell. It's a very big Musar Haskell. And it's in this week's parasha. Anyone here know where it is in this week's parasha? This story I just told you is in this week's parasha. Nobody here knows? Abraham Avinu was so sick. It was the third day of his bris milah. Right? He needed Archim, the Medrash says. He needed, he didn't want guests. He needed guests that I could have, who had to take angels and create this whole thing that they look like Arabs, bring them to the house, right? With the whole story. Hashem created angels to become humans for Ramavinu, because why? Because Ramavinu didn't want guests. Ramavinu needed guests. Just like you need to breathe, he needed to help people. This week's passion. And we know what happened from the, you know, from the three angels. So, that's my experiences of the week. And now we'll go to the unbelievable Medjish Kuma that I have never learned. In fact, didn't, you're, you're ahead of the boys, because last night I was busy talking about Rachel Imenu with a Medjish from Echa, which you've heard already. And, Nobody heard this. This is brand new. And I'm going to read it to you. And it's such a lesson. I happen to be talking to a good convention next week. Believe it or not. I don't know. They asked me to come back, but whatever. And I'm talking on, I'm talking on Chinuch next week. And this is, this is, this is on Thursday night. This is my subject. I want you to hear the most beautiful medrash that I probably have ever said here. This is the medrash. So this week's parasha by the Akedah. By Yomer, uh, um, who calls out to Avram, right? Um, Hashem tested Avram, Avraham, and he said to him, he called him Avram, and he said, I am here, by the way, that's where the Rebbitson, Hineni in New York, Hineni, the word Hineni comes from. So listen to this. Ask the Medrashtan Chuma, Mahu Lashen Hineni. What kind of answer is that? I am here. So he says, Lashen Anava, Lashen Chasidis. It's, it's, um, 
it's a lotion of modesty. It's like, I'm here. In other words, I'm nobody. You're, at, you're calling for me. You know, I'm like, I'm all Ramah You know, it's like, I'm here. And I, I think I have my Moshe Rabbeinu also. Okay. But Yomar Hashem said, Kach no es bincha es yichidcha asher hafta es yitzchak. So first of all, if you ever tell your children, you know, when you want something, say please, and they're like, why, ma? Right? Why do I have to say please all the time? You can tell them that the Medrash learns it out from Hashem. Because Hashem, when he told Avram to take Yitzchak as a carbon, said, no, kach no, please take. So when Hashem spoke to Avram, he used the word please. So if God has to use the word please, we surely have to use the word please. That's where it comes from. We think, where does the word please come from? It comes from the Torah. Everything comes from the Torah. Okay. So, no means like a request. He says, Marshall, it's like a story of a king who went to many wars and he had this one super soldier who helped him win all the wars. And then one day they had this unbelievable war that they had to go to, like a world war. So the, the, the king said to this, to this soldier, please stand for me, um, stand for me and go to war with me. We're going to this, to this great war. Because if you don't go to this war, right, they're going to say, oh, the real, the, the, the little wars he went to, but the big war, he's not willing to go to. It's like Kershbaugh who said, right, Kershbaugh who said to Avram, the cease repetition is the nice. I tested you already nine times. And you passed the test. Please take this tenth test. Why? So the people shouldn't say about you, oh, the first nine, there was nothing, right? The tenth one, he didn't want to take. So it's going to totally mess up the first nine. Okay. Amalai. So this, and this is a lesson that I'm going to talk about in the Gura Convention. So listen very carefully to the Pasuk. This is so beautiful. This is very, very beautiful about bringing up children. So what does Hashem say? Look at the Pasuk. Alright, open your Chumash and you'll see in the Pasuk. But Yom Hashem said, Kach no, please take as bincha, your son. Amalo. So Ramavinu said back to God, Ezeben. Which son? He had two sons, Yishmal and Yitzchak. You're one, the one, the one, right? You should take the one as bincha as That's the pasuk. So Rabbi Avinu said back to Hashem, I still don't know which one to take. He Yishmal is the only one to his mother. And Yitzchak is the only one to his mother. So I still don't know which son do you want me to take. Your son, your only one, that you love. So Romavino said back to God, I love both my sons. So Hashem said back to Avraham, The one that you love a lot. Listen to what Abraham Avinu answered Hashem. Oh, my Now I have to tell you, before I tell you the answer, 
Friday, this past Friday, so I went to on, uh, on the Avenue L, Avenue L. So I went to Schwartz's Appetizing to buy herrings for Shabbos, whatever. Now there's a guy in my, there's a guy in my, in my bungalow colony that if I say yes, he says no. If I say white, he says black. If I say you can't talk in shul, he says you could talk in shul. If I say you could talk in shul, he'll say you can't talk in shul. Whatever I say, he loves to argue everything. So, Friday, I met him, and he said to me, and we're, we happen to be friends, he just, he just he, that's how he is. So, I met him on Friday, this past Erev Shabbos, and he says to me, you know, I saw your grandson in shul, on Yom Kippur, I was away with my son-in-law on Yom Kippur, and his father wasn't even in shul, and he davened so beautifully, your grandson. And you know, I know he's your favorite. Right? My oldest grandson. I know he's your favorite. I said, what are you talking about? I don't have favorites. He says, no, no, no. He says, he's your favorite grandchild. I'm like, what are you talking about? I love all my grandchildren. Where do you get that from? I love all my grandchildren. I said, I have five daughters. I don't, if you came to me and said, you have a favorite, right? I don't have a favorite. Maybe it's unusual. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I don't ask other parents. But you have kids. I don't have any favorites. My daughters are all equal. They think, each one, that they're, the, the job of the parent is to make them think that they each are the favorite. Right? Like, if you would ask them, you'd say, I'm Tati's favorite. I'm Tati's favorite. But from the father and mother's point of view, I don't have any favorites. So in front of the whole Schwartz's, he's like, you know, you know what you're saying is not true. So everybody turns around. It's impossible for someone to have children and not have one favorite, one that's more like them, one that's doing better in school. You can't, it's impossible to love all your children equally. And I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm like, how, how could you make such a statement? How could you say that? Right? So maybe he wasn't the favorite, maybe he was I don't know, right? I'm like, it's not true. Anyway, he says, I'm not macabre what you're saying. It's a Rabbi Wallerstein story. I'm not macabre. It's impossible to love all your children equally. And maybe one day I'll ask you, you can't answer that because your children might watch this year and you'll get into trouble. But maybe, maybe most people do have a favorite. I don't know. I don't have any favorites. Okay. So, you know, he walks out, he walks out and he's got the last comment. He's like, you know you're wrong. You know that, you know that this one is your favorite. And I'm like, he's not my favorite. Fine. And that was it. Matze Shabbos. Matze Shabbos, I learned specifically, when I have Malava Malka, I learned Kabbalah, I learned, because Matze Shabbos, I learned Kabbalah and I learned Medrash. That's when I prepare a lot of my stuff. Matze Shabbos, you still have that Nisham Yisera, while you have Malava Malka, a lot of things that you wouldn't understand the whole week, because you have Nisham Yisera, you can learn deep things on a Matze Shabbos, and you, and you get to understand them. Nope. I open up this Medrash Tanchuma. This is what I, I decide, I'm learning Medrash Tanchuma, what am I doing? I'm preparing for this week's share by Era. I open it up, I'm like, should I learn about the angels or Sodom? No, let's, you know, I talk a lot about the Akeda. Let me look at the Akeda. This is the Medrash Rama that it opened up to. Now listen to what the Medrash Rama says. I was so happy about the Shabbos. I could not wait to call this guy. <laughs> Sunday morning. It was great. Listen to what the Medrash says. So Hashem says, Asher Hafta, the one that you love. I love both of them. No, Hashem says, Hashem says, sort of what this guy said. Amalai, eh, 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 eh. If you have two kids, you love one more than the other. The, take the one that you love more. Amalo. Says Avram Avinu, Tashem. V'chiyesh gevul b'me'ayin. Is there a boundary in a person's heart to love his children? There's enough love in your heart to love them all equally. To Avram Avinu, answer Hashem. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> I have a Medrash Tanchuma 
to prove what I said. Oh, did I call this guy up? Oh, did I call him up? I got his number. I'm like, I'm like, so I just want to tell you that I'm, uh, and I read, I read in the message. The next day is Sunday, I saw him davening, and he came out to me and says, you must have a very big schuss. Because Hashem doesn't usually show you, you know, that you're right. I, I just happened to pick it. He says very befeirish here, that he said to Hashem, yesh, yesh really, the real, um, the real translation in English, is there a limit for feelings in one's gut? In other words, is there a limit that you can't love two, two children equally? That's what he said to Hashem. So then, finally, I'm alive. Hashem said, I'm not getting anywhere with Avram. Es Yitzchak. So it says, Es Bencha, Es Yechidcha, Asher Hafta, right? And then it says, Es Yitzchak. Because Hashem saw that from all those other things, your only one and, and your special one and the one you love the most, he wasn't, Avram Avinu, to him, they were both equal. Yishmael and Yitzchak were both equal. So a parent has to know, from, from the, the Musa from Avram Avinu is you can love many people equally it's not like you, you, you got a certain amount of love and you have to divide it no, you can love every single person equally there's enough love in a person's heart to give all their children equal love so he said the son I'm talking about is Yitzchak and go to Eretz Maria. my Lech Lecha why did Hashem say Lech Lecha? What was the first test that Abraham Avinu had? What was the last test that Abraham Avinu had? And Hashem said that if you don't do the last lechlecha, then it will cancel the first lechlecha. Miyad immediately, Abraham Avinu jumped up in the morning and he saddled his own donkey. He had many, many, many servants. For who, and he himself had to saddle the donkey. To do a mitzvah, he did it himself. Who else did this? Who else saddled his own donkey? One other person in the Torah. No, Paro. It says Paro was in such a rush to run after the Jews, right? So we see that the tzaddik is in a rush to do a mitzvah, and the rasha is in a, ru- a rush to. On the third day of leaving, you see unbelievable thing between between a son and a mother, between Yitzchak and, and son, unbelievable. Listen to what happened. So the third day, so he saw the mountain. He saw Har Maria. He saw where the Beit Hamikdash is. Right? That's where that's where he made. That's where he did the Akeda. The Why did he see it on the third day? Not on the first and second day, right? So that the, the, why the third day? So the nations of the world would not be able to say that Abraham was confused and bewildered. In other words, Hashem came to him and on the first day he was all mixed up and he killed him. So Abraham Marino wanted to show, no, I went very slowly and I knew exactly what I was doing. I didn't lose my brains. So on the third day, not on the first day after I got the report, on the third day, okay, listen to what happens. Avram said, Ma SM, I got a little Sarah. What, what am I going to do? Should I tell Sarah where I'm going? But Nashim Daitim Kala Don't get angry at me. But he said, um, Women are emotional even regarding small matters. Right? Kosh came with Dava Girl She's definitely going to react if I'm, a matter like this, I'm taking her son to Shechtim. The Imle, I got Allah. And if I don't tell her that I'm leaving, so by never remember, 
Tarag is Atzma. When she doesn't know what's going on and she doesn't know, and she's gonna think that he was kidnapped, she's, she's gonna kill herself. Samedra says. Me also, what should I do? I can't sneak out, but I can't tell her. Very real situation. Amalusara. So Abraham Avinu went to Sarah, he said, Tikli lanu machal mishta, prepare for us food and drink, v'nachal v'nismach, and we're going to make a big su'uda. Amalah, she said to him, ma'ayim, ma'ayim, why are you making a big simcha today? Why do you want me to prepare a big simcha? Amalah, zikainim kemoseinu, noyled lehem v'ziku nasam. We were so old and we had we had this child, right? And I uh, want to make a party. Kishahoy v'seicha machal, when when they were in the middle of eating, so he sort of got her into a good mood. Allah, you know that I was three years old, I found God. But our child, he was 37 at this point, Yitzchak, and, and, and he, he doesn't know anything about God. We didn't really give him lessons. So, there is a place far away from here, Yeshiva, that was Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. And there they teach children. So, I'm taking him to bring him to Yeshiva. Amrullah, so he made it with us. You take him to learn in Yeshiva? Lech L'Shalom. Go in peace. Mayad, we ask him from Abayke. Why did they get up in the morning? Right? Amma, he said, they're so real. It's so fascinating. This, you know, we have this picture of these people that they were, they were such real people. You see that Sari Menu, if she would have known that her child was kidnapped, listen to what Abraham said. So why did he get up early in the morning? So the Medrash says, If I'm going to wait, she's going to change her mind. She didn't want, she doesn't want Yitzhak to go away. She'll say, teach him here. Bring the Rebbe here. She said, I got to get out of here early in the morning before she changes her mind. He had strategy. He made a party to get her into a good mood. He told her he's taking her to yeshiva. And then he said, uh-oh, I better get out of here early before she changes her mind. And he went. He says, Okay. He took Eliezer and Yishmael. And they're going. And the Satan shows up. And he... He made himself, he's like a changeling. So he made himself look like an old man. Amalo. So he, he came as an old man. And he said, Lana Tohelech, where are you two guys? You know, Abraham and your son there, where are you going? Amaloi, Lispalel. We're going to pray. Amaloi, Mishadel, Lispalel, you're going to pray. Lama Eshu Machelis Biyode. Why do you have a knife? And wood? And fire? If you're going to pray. Amalo. So Ramavina didn't know who this man was. He said, Shem Anisha Yemu Yemayim, Anisha Vanayfanaychal. Maybe it's going to take a couple of days. We need to eat. So, so we need, we need this. Amalei Zakein. Nah, 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 nah. So the Zakein, the Zakein said, the Satan said, listen to this. He said to Abraham Avinu, I'm not, I'm not some old man you're going to fool. Leisham Hiyisi, I was there. Kisha Amalei Akadosh Baruch Hu Kachnaz Bincha. I am the Satan and I was there when you told, when Hashem told you to take your son. Don't give me no stories that you're going to pray. And an old man like you, you're going to take your son and kill him that you got after a hundred years? He said, you, you didn't understand what Hashem was telling you. Okay? So, he tried to work on Avram and he tried to get him to change his mind. He said, I know this came from a God. 
I'm not listening to you. And he saw he couldn't get anywhere. So now he changed himself into a young boy. And he came to Yitzchak. Amaloi, where are you going? Amaloi, Lumotaira. He thought he was going to Yeshiva. Amaloi, Bechayecha, Obamisasecha. Are you going to, listen to what the Sultan said, are you going to Yeshiva Shamata on this world? Or are you going to Yeshiva Shamayla? Are you, are you going, are you getting killed and you're going to the other, which yeshiva are you going to? The one in this world or the one in the next world? Cause, darling, you're not going to yeshiva in this world. Your father's gonna kill you. So, Amaloi, you think people go to yeshiva after they die? Amaloi, no. He said, whatever my father does, right? He said, so the, 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 he said, no, he's taking him to Shech, he's taking you to Shech, you. So he said, I don't care, even if you take me to Shech me, I am not going against my father's will or God's will. Okay. So the father, Abraham Vino said to Yitzhak, don't listen to him. He just came to get us, to, 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 to make us tired. And the Sultan saw he couldn't stop them, so he made a huge river. Abraham went into the river till the water was all the way up. And, like, I guess this was Maisa over Simulabanim, and the water split. And, he said, you, I am one, by the way, this was fascinating for me, because if you remember what I spoke about the whole, the whole of Edom al all I spoke about is, that it says that we're created B'Tselem Alokim, and what is the, what is the, the form of God, is that God is one, and every human being is one, I spoke about this, the whole of Edom al and that you are only one. And that's your godliness. Your godliness is that there's no, there'll never be another one of you. There never was another one of you. And you are like God. Listen to this Medjish Tanchuma. The Medjish says the following. He, Amal Lufanov, he said to Hashem, Rebbeinu you picked me. And you appeared to me and you said, Hashem said to Avram, the first time he appeared to him, Ani Yochid, I am only one, and you are only one. I never saw this medrash. That's the Tzalem Alekim. There's a medrash of Chuma. The first words that God ever told Avraham Avinu is, I am one, but you're also only one. Crazy. It was a good night, Matzah Shabbos. Okay, anyway, so, he tells Hashem, I want, you know, I, I want to do what, I want to do, uh, I, I want to do the right thing. So Hashem says to him, listen, because of you, um, because of you, the world knows that I'm only one. And he dry, not only he split, he split it, but he dried it up. Ma also hasatan amal right? That he wanted to ruin it. Terrible. The satan sent Avram Avinu. Listen, by the way, you think you're going to do a big thing over here? Because the satan saw that he lost. He said, in the end, you're not. I heard on the other side, in the, on the other side of the curtain, in the other world, that Hashem, the last minute, is going to tell you you don't have to kill your son. And that, and that you should bring a sheep instead. He just wanted to bust it up. So he told Abraham Avinu, at the end, you think you're doing such a great thing. Okay, so, so you're gonna do it? I know you're not gonna do it. I know that in the end, Hashem's gonna stop you. So he said, right? What? <laughs> He's a satan. His job was to make sure this wouldn't happen, right? And he said, Ayla, the end Yitzhak Ayla. There's gonna be a lamb for the Ayla, not Yitzhak. Right? So, Abraham Avinu said, I don't trust you, you're the Satan, I'm not, I'm not listening to you. I have to do what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, and it was a, it was very, very far, it, it looked like it was very far, and that place, he says over here, became 
became the the Makam Hamigdash because that's where that's where it, it was a few things. The Eben Shishir was there. That's where the, the the stone that God created the world was on Har Moriah. It's where the base Hamigdash was, and it was also the night that that, um, that when Yaakov was traveling, he couldn't sleep, and he had the dream about the ladder. It was also Har Moriah. And today, all of us, we can get on a plane, fly to Israel, and go to the Kaisel Maravi, and we're at Har Moriah. Easy, simple. That, that was the place of the greatest sacrifice, the greatest sacrifice in the world. So there were two things that I heard. Number one, the Medjushan Kuma says, there's no such thing as favorites. And, and I have to tell you that it's, it's the same thing is with teachers. You're not allowed to have favorites. Every kid has to think that the, the teacher's favorite, teacher's pet. So say, but you could love every kid in your class, the good kid and the bad kid and the in-between kid. There's enough love in a person's heart to give that love to everybody. And that's what, of course Hashem knew that, but Abraham said that to him, he said, I don't have favorites. I don't have favorites. You don't have to have favorites. As a parent, you should not have favorites. As a teacher, you should not have favorites. A person has, he said, in your gut, you have enough love to, to love everybody equally. To love the whole class well equally. So that's one very big lesson. The second lesson here that I found here that was, that was amazing is that, is the echad, that the first words Hashem said to Abraham Avinu. Is I am one and you are one, and that's what makes everybody special, and everybody has that kayach. And that brings me. I'll end with, I'll end with with Rachel Imenu. This week was her um, was her yard site, and there's just one piece that I've never that I never said before. This, this whole medrash was Rachel Imenu and and what went on. So there's one question that I asked that I've never asked before. I'm just going to take this. It's going to take a second. So it says it says in the medrash in the whole story, and I've said this a million times on Tishabov. You know, Rachel was underneath the bed, and she struggled, and she she struggled with the whole situation, and she was very, very human. But there's something that she says that, that doesn't make sense. And that was my whole share last night by the boys. She said the following. She said like this. She said, in the beginning, I didn't want to give him up, right? And then she says the following. But then after I thought about the whole thing, right? I changed my mind. I looked into myself and I changed my mind. The savalti is tavasi. I controlled my taiva, my lust. And then she says, And I had pity on my sister. It should be the other way around. I had pity on my sister because I didn't want Leah to be embarrassed that night. So I had pity on my sister. So I controlled myself. And I allowed her to, 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 to be with my husband. But it should have started off with the Rachamim. Not the Rachamim, the last. First I had pity. Then I controlled myself. Then I allowed it to happen. But that's not what it says here. It says, first, I, Nichamti. I, I, I felt, I felt, I felt bad. I, I worked on myself. Nichamti. I worked on myself. Then it says, I, I controlled my lust. Then it says, I had Rachmanis. The Rachmanis should have come first. The Teretz is amazing. And the Teretz is, the pity, Right? You can have the meanest, and I've seen this in my life more than once, you have people out there that are the sweetest people to everyone else's kids. But to their own home, they're the most abusive people in the world. To everyone else, they will say, What? He? Him? He'd sure he's the candy man. He, he's not solo. He's, he's the great him? And the answer is, there are, there are, there are two types of rechamti. Two types of pity, or however you want to, tra- or you know, what's the other word? Empathy. There's 
the moment empathy. In other words, the Nazis, were known that they had no pity on humans, we know that. They had crazy pity on animals, on their dogs, right? They used to take care of their dogs. They had such rachamim on their dogs. And we know there are certain organizations that have a lot of they're very worried about the elephant in the circus, but they're not worried about the people that are dying from all kinds of other things, right? So, so there are mean people, there are mean bad people who have moments of pity. They're walking in the street and there's a beggar on the floor, right? And she, she has, she, she has no food and she looks terrible. And, and this guy could be the worst guy in the world. For that moment, when he looks at her, he's still a human being. He gives her a dollar. But at home, he's an abuser. Behind everyone's back, he's an abuser. That's not the Midah of Rachamim. That's a person who has, every once in a while, pity. Rachel Imenu, what the Medrash is telling us over here, she made Rachamim as the last. Because what she did internally with herself ended up making her a Baal Rachamim. Not, I have pity and therefore, no. Because, therefore, I have pity. You know what I'm saying? Not, not, I have pity, therefore, but just got it. Because I looked into myself, because I realized, who are you? Why are you doing this to someone else? Where do you have the right to do this to someone else? Because I worked on myself, so first came the nichamti. I worked on myself. Once I worked on myself, I empowered myself to overcome my lust, my yetzahara, for what I wanted to do wrong. And because I did that, I became a barachman. That person is always a barachman. That person's not abusing anyone, not hurting anybody. That person's always a Baal Rachim. So she had that Midah. She had that Midah that in, in Kabbalah, okay, there's, actually a woman is more Midah Sadin than Midah Sarachim. Everyone thinks a woman is Midah Sarachim. A woman's more black and white. Midah Sadin is black and white. Men are more dreamers, you know. The woman's like, just just keep this job. No, but the other job, and, and, and online I'm going to make this money, and maybe we should move here, and maybe we should move there. And women are grounded. Women are not here. Women are grounded. They're made from etzem. They're made from Adam's etzem. We're made from dust. Dust flies around. It goes to the left. If the wind's left, east, right? So a man's like, you put up the sail, the wind blows to the east, he goes to the east. Let's move to Israel. Let's move to Oregon. Let's get a job here. Let's get a job there. I like this car. I like that car. You know, he, he's never settled. And you're like, just keep your job. No, but we can make more money here, we can make money, they make you with sugar. And a woman's like, no, no, no. They're settled. They're, they're settled. Let's, let's have a nice house. Let's protect what we have. Don't make yourself crazy, right? One house at a time, one car at a time. You know, don't get crazy, right? So, women are really din. Men are rachman. Okay? That's really, that's in, in Kabbalah and everything. Oh, the Loshin Nikeva. Loshin Nikeva is din. Loshin Zohar is rachman. Because what is din? Everyone thinks din means you're mean. No, women are not as mean as men, right? Din doesn't mean din is din is ms. Din is black and white. Din is logic. Din is logic. Rachamim is emotion, sort of colorful, right? That's the that's the what Rachli Menu did was originally when this whole thing that they're going to steal her husband, you know that she she was din. She was a woman, and she said, as it says in the Medrash, no, I'm not, I'm not, she was the one who gave the whole trick to Yaakov, that let's do the secret code, so that, that she can't fool us. I'm not, she said, you're not getting my sister, I don't care, lay a hin, lay a hair, crying, this is my, he worked for me, Abba Rabba, he loves me very much, says the Medrash, this is my man, I am not giving him up. So when, when our father said, 
let's do this trade. She went to Yaakov and said, they're trying to fool you. Between us, we'll have this little thing. And if Leah doesn't know it, out the door. She's not, she's not getting you. And then came Rachamim, Vinichamti. She worked on it. And logically, she deserved, he worked for me. He loves me. So logically, he should be marrying me. Where, where do you come into the picture, Leah? What do you have to do with this, right? He worked for me. So logically, it was hers. And she was, when, when she first found out about the trick, she was me, Nasadin. She's like, I'm not doing this. Black and white. I deserve it. He worked for me. He loves me. I love him. Have a good day. Goodbye. What did she do? She went inside herself and she broke her logic. And she said, at the end of the day, he's really mine and he really works for me. But if I let my, if I let this happen, my sister will be embarrassed in front of the whole where love and live and in front of everybody. I, I can't be din. I can't be din. So she went inside herself. And she felt bad. But even though she felt bad, she still had taiva. It doesn't mean taiva physically. It means he's my husband. I want him. No one else is allowed to have him. She said, but once I went in myself, I had the ability to break my taiva. Once I broke my taiva, right, came rachamim. I went from midas hadin, and in the end I went to midas harachamim, and rachamim avaka albaneha, and the only one Hashem listened to in the end, that Klaiso shouldn't be destroyed at the time of the base of Migdash, was Rachel. Why? Why didn't he listen to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, and Moshe? He told them, well, I'm not listening to you. Because she had a right, and that's what she said to Hashem. She said, I broke my taiva. I went from Din to Rachamim. You are now sitting on Din. That's Tishabov. You are sitting in Din. And then Hashem didn't listen to Avram Yitzhak Yaakov. There's, there's no emotions. Then is not emotion. Then is logic. The bottom line is they serve that way deserve They have to be destroyed. She said, God, but you're me the Kenegah Mida. So, and she said, I'm a boss of Adam. I'm a human being. And I had the power as a human being made from dust to go from Din. And I'm a woman. And I'm Din. And I was able to go from logic to Rachman for my sister. You're God. And you're sitting in Mida Sadin? Because they served a bunch of Avedazaras that have no life? You're jealous of a bunch of idols? When I wasn't jealous of my sister? Come on, you're God and I'm human. I can do something you can't do? So the magistrate, she said, she was chutzpahdik. That's what she said to Hashem. And the magistrate said, Hashem got up and got off his Midas Adin throne and went to Midas Arachimim and said, I heard what you had to say and Klai Yisrael saved. That was Rachli Menos Kayach. So, to have pity on people that are suffering every once in a while doesn't mean that you own the Midah of Rachamim. The only way to own the Midah of Rachamim is to work on yourself. And if you work on yourself and you're able to break your din, your logic, what, what's logic? What's the logic of a woman or a man? What's the logic? What I deserve. What do you mean? I did A plus, A, one plus one equals two. I'm not a logical person. I'm an emotional person. I think by this time, anyone who comes to my show understands that, right? I could never be an accountant. I cannot be an accountant. Because in, in the logical world, one plus one, no matter what you're going to do with it, has to equal two. That's din. That's din. One plus one has to equal two. In the Rachamim world, one plus one equals whatever you need it to equal. It's a very different world. So in Rachamim, even though the Jews didn't deserve, right, to be saved... But once Hashem's in his kisei rachamim, if they need to be saved, it doesn't have to make sense. The Yitzhak will be screaming, but hey, my Zara, the they did this, and they do that, and they do this, and they do that. Hello, goodbye, it doesn't make a difference. One plus one doesn't have to equal two. And kisei rachamim, it doesn't have to equal two. It equals whatever it needs to equal. 
And that was the koyach that Rachel Imenu had. So in her schus, what I, what I said last night, the night before, in her schus, everyone needs to know that you can be a Rachel Imenu, because Rachel Imenu was human. She didn't say, oh, I'm a tzedekista, so I'm going to give her the simanim. No, the, the measure starts off with like, no way is she getting my husband. So she went and told Yaakov, listen, there's a trick. And they're going to try to pull this trick. She told him everything. And we're going to make sure it doesn't happen. And I'm going to tell you, we have the secret. And the secret was the three things. I raft them, I start them, he legal She had this whole plan to make her sister lose. She was human. But she was Rachli Menu. And in the end, she looked at herself in the mirror and said, no can do. I can't sit in din. I deserve him. He works for me. I can't do it. It's just not the right thing. I can't hurt her. So she took din and she turned into Rachamim. And that's her koyach and Rachel Mavaka Obanel. Hashem said, stop crying. Wipe the tears from your eyes because your work, it's a very weird lotion. It should say, your tefillah, I accepted your tefillah. That's not what the major says. That's not what the Pasuk says. Hashem said, your work, your work was, your work was not, was not for naught. I will save Klai Where do you see any work here? What kind of work? She prayed. And the answer is no. If you look at the measures, she worked. She worked on herself. She started off in Din, and she went inside herself and said, I cannot do this. And she changed that meat into Rachimim. And Hashem said, that kind of work cannot go for naught. And he saved Klai We should all be zeicher to see Rachel Yimeinu b'mheir b'yameinu with Mashiach. Amen. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.